Welcome, welcome everybody to book club. We are about to get started and we're, let me just put this up on YouTube and we're good to go. All right, how you guys doing? Good morning, everybody. We're about to get started with book club. And uh, the book that we're putting up today is called Beyond Positive Thinking. Beyond Positive Thinking is a book that, um, that is uh, written by Dr. Robert Anthony. This book is incredible. Um, it talks about the subconscious mind and uh, how to control it, how to manage it, how does it work how to get it to work in your favor so that you could create the life that you want. And, uh, and obviously it, it's about uh, personally developing, personally growing, personally becoming the person that you want to be uh, so that you could get what you have or go where you want to go and achieve the goals you want to get. So, uh, so we're going to get started. And uh, we have been reading this book actually um so it's a pretty long book, but we're going to start here um, on how positive self-talk and positive imagery can work for you. Uh, I don't think this is where we left off. We left off a little bit ahead of this, but we're going to go ahead and get started here and, and go from here. And if there's anybody here that wants to take over after I'm done reading, if not, I'll read. I love, I love to read, especially books like these. And that's crazy because I didn't like to read. In fact, in high school and before uh, high school, I never, ever read a book in my life, ever, um, except one book in high school that I read, and, and it was, it was not even has to do with school, it was, it was an um, entertainment book, it's, uh, it was Men in Black, when the movie first came out, part one, uh, the book came out, and I read the book, and uh, that's the only book I read in high school, but later on, I started learning that leaders are readers, and uh, and if you want to be successful, guess what? All the books have been written, written about success and all the audios have been have been recorded. And uh, all I had to do is just read from other people's experiences and learn what they how they thought, what they did. And if I did what they did, then I would have what they have. And that's what that was my true motivator in learning how to read and eventually getting good at reading. So let's get the ball rolling. And here we go. I'll get started here. So. Um, how positive self-talk. Oh, hold on, let me move this a little bit to the top. How positive self-talk and positive uh, imagery can work for you. Positive self-talk statements are included auto suggestions. At the turn of the century, Emile Cou used auto suggestions very successfully at a clinic in France. He taught his patients to repeat this statement every day in every way. I'm getting better and better. How about you guys? Let's repeat it together. No, every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. It worked because of the constant repetition. Positive self-talk works on the theory of displacement. If you have a glass of dirty water and you put it down, and you put it under the faucet and start running clear water into the glass, eventually the dirty water will be displaced by the clean water. When you replace unworkable thoughts with positive workable thoughts, the same phenomenon occurs. It is not necessary uh, to get rid of limiting beliefs we hold in our subconscious. You could get rid of them, right? What is more important is to ensure that the dominant thought we hold in our mind supports us in getting what we want instead of what we don't want. In computer language, there is a term called giggle that pronounced gigo. It stands for garbage in, garbage out. What it really means is that if you feed a computer all the wrong data and then ask it a question, you can expect to receive the wrong answer. Now, what is the weak weakness Weakest link in a computer. The computer programmer is the weakest link, of course. If the program, if a programmer's perception of reality is incorrect, then his or her input will be incorrect. 
This means that the data fed into, into computer into computer will be incorrect. Then the feedback from that computer when called upon to solve a problem will be incorrect. Likewise, if your personal programmer, which is your conscious mind, incorrectly feeds wrong data with, which is illogical and erroneous, then the translation of that data will be incorrect. Opposing thoughts are mutually exclusive. This means you cannot hold two opposite thoughts at the same time. You cannot think I can or and I can't at the same time about the same thing. So it is important to look at the program you're dom what what programs your dominant thoughts. Emerson said, we become what we think about all day long. And that's very true. You and I are walking, talking evidence of our beliefs. And as we discuss, positive self-talk is one of the most effective tools in programming your subconscious for success. Positive self-talk is also known as affirmations. You've heard of it before, right, guys? Affirmations, say positive things, things that you want to achieve. And if you and the way you say them is in, is in present tense as if you already own them. For example, if you want a Lamborghini, just say, I own a Lamborghini, right? I have a Lamborghini. I love my Lamborghini, stuff like that, right? Um, it says affirmations literally means to validate or confirm. So when you think, uh, so you, so when you think a thought over and over again, we are validating or confirming it is it as the truth. What we are doing is affirming up our belief by making a recording in the neural structure of our brain, which is processed through our subconscious mind. I'm going to read that one again. What we're doing is a is firming up our belief by making a recording in the neural structure of our brain, which is processed through our subconscious mind. Once our subconscious mind has accepted a belief, it is an idea whose time has come. Powerful, guys. Using affirmations on a daily basis is one of the easiest things we can do to change our lives. Most people do not know how to use affirmations properly. You will learn easy methods to imprint your affirmations in chapter seven. But all you need to know right now is that it's easy to do. To achieve the best possible results, it is necessary to combine our self-talk and affirmations with imagery. It can, it can be said that every thought we think is a picture within the mind. If I mention a dog, you see a dog in your, in your mind's eye. Right now, if you close your eyes and I say, can you see a dog? You guys are all going to see different types of dogs. Some of you will see a pit bull. Some of you will see a Dalmatian. Some of you will see a Melanois. And then what if I say, okay, paint that with your eyes closed, paint that dog pink. All of a sudden, everybody could do that, right? So your mind is really powerful because you could do things that in real life you can't. All right. Um, it can be said that every thought we think about has a picture within the mind. If I mention dog, you see a dog in your mind's eye. If I mention an abstract word such as courage, you must mull it around into your mind until you are able to reduce it to abstract or mental picture of what courage means to you. For example, me, if you tell me, see, uh, courage, what I think about right away is, is Leonidas in the movie 300. And I see Leonidas about to kick some, some, some uh, uh, Persian, but you know, <laughs> you're probably made the statement, I'm unable to get the picture when communicating with somebody. If you're confused and don't understand what someone is trying to tell you, you are unable to get the picture. Imagery and visualization is a process of holding a thought in your mind until it creates a mental picture or image. The mental picture or image allows you to be there to experience it in your own mind. This is known as applied imagination. The difference between affirmations and imagery is that affirmations are conscious thoughts you choose to think about. Imagery goes in a deep further, goes a step further. It takes those thoughts and dwells upon them until they generate emotion and belief. Emotion and belief. 
right? So you gotta see that you gotta close your eyes and 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 see it until it becomes until you until you generate an emotion and you generate a belief about it. It's powerful stuff, guys. Uh, imagery and visualization is not daydreaming. Imagery is a conscious process that has predetermined attitudes and beliefs that are used to support achieving a certain end result or goal. The purpose of visualization is to build a necessary confidence to take action. Daydreams are generally a diversion from literally from reality and are not predetermined conscious thoughts that support attitudes or beliefs. The reason imagery works is that the human brain and nervous systems working in tandem for a, for a stimulus response mechanism, which reacts automatically to problems and challenges. Visualization records memory and develops beliefs and attitudes without the actual event even taking place. Like, for example, when you're afraid, when you're afraid of something, when you're afraid of something, you are literally afraid of something that doesn't that has not even happened. Right. Maybe it happened to you in the past, but it doesn't mean that it's going to happen exactly the same way or it's even going to happen again. And so that's that's how visualization works. So now you have to turn that into a positive thing, you know, make yourself feel that you're in that car, feel that you're in that house that you of your dreams, feel that you're in that vacation of your dreams, feel that you, you know, um, visualize and feel right, build an emotion out of it that it's taking place. Visualization records memory and develops beliefs and attitudes without actually the event ever taking place. It allows us to record in our subconscious mind the data we wish to have as our version of reality. Remember, what we believe to be true is true for us. This is possible because our subconscious mind cannot distinguish the difference between an actual experience or one that is vividly imagined. Think about that, guys. The, the subconscious mind, okay, the subconscious mind doesn't understand, can't distinguish between reality and vivid, and vivid ima imagery. If we imagine something that with vivid intensity through the direction of Im imagery, our subconscious accept it, accepts it as though it was actually happening. Once our subconscious accepts what we are ima imaging, imagining, imagine imaging everything we experience after that will relate to that newly formed belief or image so here's a little formula affirmation plus imagery plus emotion and belief equals success i mean it's eventually going to happen the key to successful imagery is to put as much emotion into the picture as possible arouse a deep inner desire be enthusiastic and keep running the picture over and over again your present belief beliefs were formed by thoughts plus feelings so if you so watch if you believe something it was created by your thoughts and feelings you put into it so if you put enough emotion into your new thoughts they will automatically cancel out the old thoughts through dominance New thoughts program with repetition and imagery becomes dominant thoughts. Dominant thoughts and beliefs control our behavior, what we do, right? Sometimes we say, man, I can't get myself to do this. I can't get myself to do that. Well, look, your dominant thoughts and beliefs control your behavior. So then if you can't get yourself to do something, then what are your dominant thoughts? That you can't do that, right? That's your belief system. Can you do... Um, 15,000 personal. Oh, I don't know. I can't do that because I've never done it. Well, just because you've never done it doesn't mean you can't do it, right? Just because there, you know, just because there wasn't a cell phone in the 1970s doesn't mean that somebody couldn't create the cell phone. Just think about it, right? Think about the cell phone. I mean, somebody had to think about a device that you could talk to somebody in China through the air <laughs> through thin air. I mean, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it it can't happen, right? So then you have to change your dominant thoughts and your dominant beliefs so that you could do what you want to do. 
Each one of us has proven that this works. When you worry about something, you picture the negative future outcome vividly in your imagination. You play it over and over and over and over again, and you are not using any effort or willpower. You just keep talking about and picture the end result. Whatever you are picturing has not happened yet, but you keep forming the picture and the imagery of, the, of it happening. The fact that you have accepted that the negative outcome is possible and you have consistently been replaying the picture of thinking and thinking of it as an already established fact makes the image appear more and more real. After a period of time, you automatically generate the emotion that conforms to that image. You begin to experience fear, anxiety, discouragement, tension, and depression. All of this turmoil was created out of an imaged experience in your mind and your thought process, right? In the eyes of your mind. So when you close your eyes, your eyes are still open, but it's not your physical eyes. It's your the, is the eyes of your mind. It's worth repeating that. Worry provides no known benefit and cannot change what will happen tomorrow, but it can, it can weaken your faith, cripple your actions, and destroy your inner peace of mind and make you feel powerless. Man, that's so good, guys. All right, so who is next? Who wants to take over? I read for like 15 minutes. Maybe we could get four people to read for 15 minutes. Who wants to take over? We got a good list of readers right here. We got Eddie Trejo, Jersofoy, Jackie Hernandez, Tanya Andrade, Alma Hernandez. All right, guys, go ahead and take it away. Just jump in. Okay, I'll go ahead and read. So you get what you expect. Whatever you expect to happen is determined by the thoughts you dwell upon, plus your intensity of, your, of the emotions behind those thoughts. It is so worth repeating that our subconscious does not question the validity, validity of our data we present data we present to do to it. Uh, it's merely processes it merely processes it and attracts to us what we believe to be true. If we are using imagery to change habit patterns, we must see ourselves acting and reacting the way that we want to be in the future. It doesn't matter how we act today or yesterday or our subconscious gets a hold of us, of our new thoughts. Our brain mind functioning together through our central nervous system will take over and we will automatically assume the new behavior patterns. The key to be able to picture or imagine the end result so vividly that it appears real. That's so crazy that we're reading this because, um, can you go to the next page coach? Uh, when I, when we were, so we had a, we were in training and coach said, okay, everybody close your eyes. And uh, he had us imagine what it would be like to get our 10 K jackets. He said, okay, close your eyes who's on stage, what does a jacket look like? Can you smell the jacket? Can you smell the leather? And um, as he was talking, like I can vividly see what he was talking about and pictured it in my mind. And it's so crazy because the, I think a month after that, we hit the 10K jacket. So your mind is, is super powerful, you know? And uh, because I, I, I really do feel because I was able to see it before it happened um, that my subconscious um, followed along. So that I just wanted to share that because that what I was reading reminded me of that. Um, okay, so let me get back to the book. So we have learned that our subconscious mind function in terms of goals and end results. Once the subconscious has accepted an idea, you can absolutely depend upon it to take you to that goal. If you supply the end result, our subconscious will supply the how-to. It will show us how to reach the end result. Think of the end result in terms of the present possibilities. It must be seen so clearly that it, is, it seems real to your brain and nervous system. The ultimate aim of affirmation and visualization is to evoke the feeling that the goal has already been achieved. Feeling as though it has already been achieved and your imaginary 
will pull you towards the end result that you desire. Imagine it in so much detail as possible. Keep using the imagining process over and over again in the same goal. In the beginning, don't worry about whether you are putting in enough detail. Every time you visualize, you will automatically incorporate more and more detail. Always put yourself in the picture. See yourself involving in the activities of your goal. If you don't put, if you don't do, if you do not put yourself in the picture, you may not see the end result. For example, suppose you want a new car. Let's say it's the, a new BMW. You visualize the car and faithfully infuse your imaginary with your emotions, detail, and repetition. And then all of a sudden, a new BMW comes into your life. You look out the window of your house, and your neighbor is driving a, a new BMW. You now have a new BMW in your life, but you are not in it. Make sure you identify yourself with your goal. That's really good. All successful individuals have started with a picture held in their mind. They visualize and affirm that, that what they want it to be, to do and to have. And then they instructed their subconscious with clarity and repetition. Forcing the change is counterproductive. Once we change the picture, it becomes the job of the creative subconscious to get the picture to match our reality. The job of our subconscious in order to preserve um, sanity is to make me act like the person I see myself to be. I cannot consistently act otherwise. The challenge is to change the way I see myself to be. Our past mistakes was in trying hard to uh, be different from our picture. It is that very trying that will cause us anxiety to avoid the change. Our self-image controls our performance and we automatically and we automatically and effortlessly act the way that we see ourselves to be. <clears throat> if we try to force ourselves to lose weight, uh, not to smoke, or to make any changes in our lives without first changing the picture, we have to push ourselves to make the change. As long as we consciously focus on what change we desire, we will make progress. But the moment we forget to ex extern consciously effort, we will go back to our old habits because they are always going to act like the person we see ourselves to be. When we force ourselves to change, we place tremendous stress and tension on our nervous system because we are focusing ourselves to be different than our subconscious picture. The moment we let go, we return to our dominant picture of controlling mechanism. Using affirmation and visualization, reprogramming our picture. If we do this, we no longer need to force change. It is important that while you are visualizing yourself like a new person, you just go on behaving like you always behave. Don't force yourself to be like the new person. Don't try hard to be like what you are affirming or picturing, just relaxing and be, and be yourself. Remember, we are alternating our subconscious automatically, uh, automatic guidance system. We are not concerned about our current behavior or performance. If we change the picture, the change in our behavior and performance follows automatically. Just go on, the, just go on acting daily like your old self. If you are using affirmations and imagery, the new you is changing little by little. Pretty soon you will automatically be like the person you wish to be. It is worth mentioning, uh, it is worth, yeah, mentioning again. Do not try to change your performance or your behavior. Change the picture first. The biggest mistake that most people make is that they try to outrun the picture. Some people have difficulty getting a clear picture in their minds. There are people who hear more or feel more. They are actually visualizing so they don't have a good, clear picture. These people are non-visionaries. 
if you are a non-visionary, you will probably have a highlighted subjective sense of feeling. This is true for you. Just concentrate on your feeling instead of the picture. <clears throat> Sometimes we don't get a good clear picture because we are not relaxed enough. In the section titled Relax in Chapter 9, I will give you a relaxation technique that will help you relax your mind and body so that your subconscious is more receptive to your affirmation and imagery. It helps to take a look at the areas of your life that you are avoiding or having difficulty with. Then visualize yourself in a situation you are avoiding or having difficulty with, acting in a way that would be more appropriate for you to be. Visualize the skill level, the characteristics, and the qualities you want to express. Soon you will have to act and behave like your picture. Once it takes hold of your subconscious, you don't need to affirm or visualize it anymore. Just go out and be you. And you will have done, uh, what, what you have done is to control your subconscious, subconsciously decide what the new you would be like. For example, if you choose to be a non-smoker, picture yourself in a situation where you would normally have a cigarette. See yourself with nothing in your hand. If you imagine it, it clear enough, it will be as though you didn't have a cigarette that one time. Record it subconsciously and feel that satisfaction of accomplishment. This will make impression upon your subconscious mind. As far as your subconscious is concerned, for that one time, you were a non-smoker. You actually didn't not smoke. Once you've repeated this image over and over, you will make a change from a smoker to a non-smoker easily and without effort. In the meantime, if you want a cigarette, go ahead and have one. If you don't, throw away the cigarette, throw the cigarette away. Once the picture change, you will give, uh, once the picture changes, you will give it up without stress or effort. If you feel you are shy, picture yourself with your best friends, uh, now projecting yourself into a new, unfamiliar situation, perhaps in a crowded room or a party. See yourself as a confident and relaxed as you are with your friends. Feel the sense of accomplishment. Repeat the kind of scene over and over in your subconscious. You will think you have done it like that many times. When you actually get in the situation, you will act like yourself. What is yourself? The way you have been picturing yourself to be. That's good. Identify with the new image. Uh, not just any kind of imagery changes the subconscious. Imagine a reality. If you were so, all you would have to do is watch TV and your subconscious picture would change. The only kind of imagery that will alternate the subconscious image of reality is exponential imagery. We must clearly identify what with the imagery. If I observe someone else doing something, I say to myself, that's the way they do it. I'm not doing it. They're doing it. I must personally experience in my mind. I must see myself, not someone else, accomplishing the end result. If you can't see yourself being, doing, or having it, you won't get there. If you can't see yourself being, having, or doing it, you can't get there. Well, all permanent and lasting changes from the inside out, any other change is temporary. You have been using affirmations and imagery all your life. What, what you want to do from now is to learn how to control them so that you will work for you, so it will work for you instead of against you. The actual process of applying affirmations and imagery is called imprinting. You now have a su sufficient overview concerning affirmations and imagery to learn your technique of imprinting. Okay, who would like to read next? 
I can read. Techniques for imprinting. Deciding to change a habit, attitude, or personal situation does not automatically bring about the desired change. The decision to make the change is only the first step. We have learned that your goal is the mental picture of what you want. When you write down the goal, it becomes an intention. The process of programming your subconscious to bring forth your intention is called imprinting. Imprinting is the deliberate control of your thoughts and pictures concerning the kind of changes we want to make. The imprinting occurs when our subconscious mind accepts the new image of the end result. Imprinting is a three-step process. One, you affirm your goal with an intention statement. You picture the end result. You feel the emotion that goes along with accomplishing the goal. Let's talk about each step so that we are absolutely clear on the procedure. Step one. Affirm your goal with an intention statement. An intention statement is simply a statement of fact or belief that is written out in a personal, positive, present tense form as though the goal were already a reality. When you use an intention statement, you are saying, this is what I choose to be, do, or have. It is your declaration of a specific desire. When you write out your intentions, you deliberately control the programming of your subconscious by directing the visual picture to the end result you want. Step two, picture the end result. Picture the experience in your mind, the accomplishment of the end result. See yourself actively involved in the accomplishment. This is called constructive synthetic visualization. Next page. Or virtual reality. It works in the theory of displacement. You are displacing the old picture and the old self image with a new one. Remember, we will move toward the goal that we picture. Step three, feel the emotion that goes along with accomplishment. The subconscious responds to feelings more than to words. It doesn't respond any better to positive feelings than to negative feelings. It just responds to feelings. The more emotion or feeling we can put behind an idea, the faster it will manifest. So feeling and emotion are very important for impact. It can be said that our intention will manifest in direct proportion to the frequency with which we use picturing and emotional involvement. What you want to do is to see yourself accomplishing the end result while feeling the joy and satisfaction of the accomplishment. All three steps are necessary for successful imprinting. If you just read or state your intentions, you can expect about 10% success rate. If you read or state your intentions, as well as visualize the end result, you can expect about a 55% success rate. If you read or state your intentions, picture the end result and feel the emotion behind the accomplishment of what you are picturing, you can expect a 100% success rate. The power of intentions. We talked briefly about affirmations in chapter six. Intentions are similar to affirmations. They are a little more focused than affirmations because they design they designed for a specific result. Why are intentions so powerful? Simply stated, the persistent repetition of an intention idea, especially when coupled with emotion, conditions the mind to see things differently. The intention eventually becomes installed in a consistent thought. Since our consistent thoughts become our reality, our intentions are the key to change our reality. Do intentions, intentions statements really work? Perhaps you are one of those people who think intention statements don't work. Or you may be one of those people who believe that in theory, that intention statements are a good idea, but unfortunately they don't deliver on their promises. Many people try using intention statements, but they quit using them. 
I often have people tell me I tried using attention statements and they don't work. The truth, however, they do work. They are highly reliable and do indeed attract in people's lives that which is affirmed. If you have not been successful in using intention statements, here is why. They don't seem to work. This is important, so please pay attention. Intention statements seem to be ineffective only because there is a missing piece of to the intention process that has gone unrecognized. It has to do with what is actually affirmed. The problem is not the intention. If we listen to our own self-talk, we will see concrete proof that intention statements work. Our self-talk and everyday conversation contain constant intention statements regarding our existing beliefs and attitudes. These intention statements have brought us to where we are right now. They either have allowed us to create what we desire or have kept us from having what we desire. To truly harness the power of intention statements, we must make sure the actual or true intention statements that are taking effect are the ones we want. Therein lays our major challenge. Unfortunately, most people don't achieve the success they desire with intention statements. Why? Because when they state their intention, they are lying to themselves. Not intentional, intentionally, mind you, but they are still lying to themselves. The intention that they are stating is not the true intention. What is really happening is that their intention statement is in conflict with what they truly believe. So when they say their intention statement, there is usually a subtle yet powerful competing intention that gets tagged on to the end. I call these competing intentions nega tags. For example, if you state that I want to lose weight, it is likely to have one or more nega tags show up at the end of your intention statement. They might go like this. If I lose weight, others will expect me to keep it off. If I lose weight, men will hit on me and expect sex. If I lose weight, I will have to give up my favorite foods. If I lose weight, I will have to spend a lot of money for new clothes. The list of negatags is endless. They are not spoken, not articulated, nor articulated, of course, but are subtle and powerful. Reflections of the existing obstacle for having what you want. Who would like to read next? I can go ahead and read. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, where do we where do we leave off? Uh, for example, or okay, right, see. right there. All right. So it says, uh, with persistence, your negatives can eventually be overridden. Once an intention is truly installed, it is not easily moved. It becomes a permanent part of your subconscious until you remove it. These negatives or negative intentions are entrenched in your subconscious and become your consistent thoughts that have become your reality. What you are experiencing in your life right now is a reflection of your, your existing intentions, statements that your mind believes is to be true. Existing thoughts and beliefs are not easily removed with a new intention, but the good news is that once a new intention or consistent thought replaces the old thought, it is just as obstinate as the previous thought or negatag, which it, re it replaced, to revert back to where you were being consistent with your newly resident consistent thought. If we listen to our self-talk, we will hear out limits and our negatags. All of these negatags serve as intentions that keep us right where we are. So as you can see, intentions are powerful. We are using them every minute of the day. They shape our lives because they become our consistent thoughts. I am willing to bet that right now you are consulting your current beliefs to agree or to, to disagree with what you have just read. While reading this, have you found yourself saying, I agree with you, but I still don't think intention statements will work for me. If so, 
you are affirming that they will not work for you, which of course will be true for you. This is why intention statements are highly reliable, perhaps more reliable than any other tool. The key to making, sorry, the key to making them work is to make sure that the intention that you really want is true intention. What happens is that when we make a statement that is contrary to what we know to be true, our existing belief will speak up and say, that's not true. Who do you think you are kidding? This is our negatag. I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Is that negatag? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Normally, when we use as an intention statement, something in our never, something us, sorry, something in us never loses sight of the fact that what we are saying is really not true. And when this happens, it is easy to negate the entire effect of the intention. In order to counteract this, it is important to set up your intention statements so that you do not experience resistance, negatives from your subconscious. The more effective way is to do this is to include your phrase, it is my intention in your affirm affirmative statement. Let's do some examples. You will see how it, this works. Say out loud to yourself, I earn $100,000 per year. Now say, it is my intention to easily and consistently earn $100,000 per year. Do these statements do these statements seem different? Here is another one. Say to yourself, I have more prospects that I can handle. Now say, it is my intention to have more prospects than I can handle. Do these statements affect your dif differently? differently? Looking at the above statements, which one do you find more believable? Which of them creates a feeling of contradiction? Which feels harmonious or truthful when you say it? Which of these statements invokes the message? Who are you kidding? More than likely, it is the first statement. And generally, when you add the phrase, it is my intention, it feels more convincing, is, is therefore easier to accept and believe. It also eliminates the negative and therefore has a much stronger and faster effect. Now, just to be certain you fully understand the difference. I lost my time. Sorry. Uh, understand the difference. Let's do another example. Say this intention to yourself. I have a brand new luxury, luxury car. If you happen to have a brand new luxury car, simply change the statement to something else that you do not have. The idea here is to make a statement describing something you would like, but which you do not have at the moment. Now, notice how it feels to say this statement, even though at the moment you don't have a brand new luxury car or whatever else you affirm that you have, but you don't have at the moment. Now, say to yourself, I intend to have a brand new luxury car. Which of the two statements is more believable to you? Which of them brings forth the negative from your subconscious that says, who are you trying to kid? When you say the first statement, more than likely you have the reservation in the back of your mind. Some part of you seems to be arguing with the statement producing such thoughts as, there's no way I can afford a new luxury can, can or I've, if only that were true. On the other hand, when you add the phrase, I intend to the beginning of the statement, Notice that you can state it with more conviction because it is believable to intend to have a new luxury car. Making this statement doesn't stretch your imagination because you are not stating that you have the new luxury car now. You are simply stating that you're going to reach for that desirable state by making a personal choice. In other words, when you include it is my intention in your intention statement, it can make a great deal of difference in the acceptability. The end result is that you have positive mental conditioning strategy that offers no resistance from your subconscious. This strategy has proven highly successful with all the clients I have worked with in my personal performance coaching. How to create powerful, fast-acting intention statements. The following steps are designed to create powerful and fast-acting intentions. They are critical because they are the building blocks that will ensure successful results. Let's take a look at them and see how they can help you do dramatically change and improve your life. Your intent one, your intention statement must be in the present tense. 
The reason intention statements must be in the present tense is there is no past or future in the subconscious mind. Even if something has happened in the past, if you re sorry, am I, is my time done? Okay. I don't know. Keep, I see keep going, brother. Keep oh, I saw the mouse. I was like, I don't know if you want to even stop. Okay. Um, so I'm going to read it one more time. The reason intention statements must be in the present tense is there is no past or future in the subconscious mind. Even if something has happened in the past, if you replay it in your subconscious, as far as your subconscious is concerned, it is happening all over again, right in the present moment. That's why it is imperative that you don't keep playing your old tapes over and over again. Each time you do that, your subconscious thinks you have experienced the same event again. In keeping your intentions in the present tense, don't use the words someday, soon, or tomorrow. Those are weenie words, huh? You want to get into the habit of feeling that whatever you are affirming and imagining is taking place right now within your consciousness. Ideas are created into form. This means that if you accept an idea in the present tense, that idea will take form or manifest very rapidly because you are accepting it in the present tense. It is worthwhile to point out here that our ability to accept what we are affirming and imagining determines how long it will take to manifest or accomplish the end result. Everything works on an acceptance level. By keeping your intentions in the present tense, you are accepting it in the present tense and your subconscious will act on it immediately. Number two, your intention statement must state what you want, not what you don't want. Intentions must emphasize the gain of something, not the loss of something. Do not describe what you are trying to move away from or eliminate. Instead, affirm what you are moving towards. The point is to keep your intentions and visualization on what you are striving towards and not what you are leaving behind or trying to avoid. It has been my experience that many people use reverse intentions. Instead of affirming what they want, they affirm what they don't want. Dang, that's good. Your intention statement must be something you want, not something you think you should want. For example, if your mother told you that you should be a doctor, is this, is this a should or a want? Unless you want to be a doctor, it is a should. The best way to recognize if your intention statement is a should instead of a want is if you lose your enthusiasm for doing your intention statement. If so, you are probably affirming a should instead of a want. The problem is that most people don't know what they want. So instead of formulating a positive outcome, they formulate a negative outcome. When I ask my coaching clients, what do you want? It is amazing how many struggle to come up with an answer that clearly states what they want. At best, they usually can come up with some improvement on their present situation or an improvement on something they don't want. The way they do this is by making comparisons. They use words such as more, better, etc. For example, I want to feel better. I want to be more self-confident. I want to have more money. Although that is better than affirming the negative, the drawback is that it always calls in attention indirectly to a negative situation that they don't want. In other words, it draws attention to the things that their intentions is supposed to be better than or more of. This keeps the negative possible outcome in their mind and defeats the whole purpose of making the intention statement in the first place. Let me give you an example. When I ask the client what they don't want, I find that they can tell me in a great deal exactly what it is that they want to get rid of in, their, of, their, of in their life. They will say something like, I want my boyfriend to stop spending so much time with his mates. Or, I know I don't want a job where I have to travel so far. The reason for this is that they will have a very clear picture in their mind of what they don't like or don't want. And almost none of, or at best, a vague picture of what they really would like to have. In other words, their intense 
preoccupation is usually with what they lack. What's wrong in their life? Unfortunately, this is entirely the wrong way to go about creating an effective intention. If you hold a negative picture in your mind about what you don't want or things you don't like about your present situation, you are reinforcing that negative situation into your memory. And at the end result is that you will keep experiencing it over and over again. If you can imagine a positive outcome that would eliminate your problem, then there is a very high probability that you will attract the outcome into your life. So if you focus on what you want instead of what you don't want, that will be the likely outcome. Why is this important? It is because your subconscious mind is like a computer. And as you probably know, a computer thinks in literal terms. When entering information into a computer to find the answer to a particular program problem, you must be exact in the way you pose the question. Your subconscious mind and your brain work the same way. Like all computers, it is literal in its interpretation of the input that reaches it. Its performance or final outcome depends on the precision of the commands it receives. It must understand the command or it simply doesn't, not, doesn't, doesn't know what to do. So when you intend to do better in school or you make any other comparative statements, your computer mind doesn't understand. As far as your computer mind is, Concern doing better could mean anything. It could mean, it could mean doing a lot better or only just a tiny bit better. The problem is that your subconscious doesn't know whether doing better in school means getting an A or a C plus. As far as your computer mind is concerned, C plus is better if you, are, if you have a C. So if your intention statement is ambiguous, it will result in an ambiguous outcome. Nice. All right, brother, we're going to end it right here. Thank you so much, guys, all you guys that uh, contributed to the book club. And yeah, you could tell, man, you could you could see how powerful this book is. And we still got more chapters to go. So just keep plugged in. If you want a copy of this book, obviously, you could get it on Amazon. You could get it on Apple Books or any uh, book. This is, this is a, uh, one of the best sellers of all time. But also, I think we have it on our app, Desert Heat app, that you could go ahead and uh, download it there. Uh, so you could walk, so you could read it in advance or read the previous chapters if you missed some. But this is a powerful book because it it has everything to do with why you do what you do. It has everything to do with why you don't do what you want to do, but you can't get yourself to do it. It has to do with the subconscious mind. So hope you enjoyed it, guys. You guys have a great day today. Um, and uh, enjoy your day with family or at work, whatever you're going to do, uh, do it with excellence. And let's finish strong. We're, we're coming into the final stretch of the year and entering a new year with, um, with a different mindset and a different uh, aspiration to uh, always get better every single year um, to where you want to go. So love you guys, man. Take care. Have a great day. Take care.